Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 421, Mr. Samich. Two back-to-back shows, huzzah! <laughs> I know, congratulations. You uh, you were filling in for Aaron. It's Aaron Halterman's birthday, by the way. Tweet at Racing underscore Dudes and tell Aaron happy birthday. Uh, he and his wife, do they have an annual tradition to go to a St. Louis Blues game. So they're uh, they're actually uh, they're in St. Louis, and they're probably at the arena right now. So, Mike, you were filling in for Jared, and news is pretty lame right now in horse racing. Uh, so you guys did the Churchill Downs, but it was a little different than the show that we did. Tell the folks in case they missed yeah. it. Did the late pick five from Churchill Downs. Neither of us told each other who we'd like going into the sequence. So we didn't really talk about it at all. Uh, and we did a friend ticket. That's kind of was the was the plan of it. So um, we decided to combo it up and then create one ticket between our two opinions after making kind of our own separate tickets without discussing it. Ended up at $63. We had the same single, which made life a lot easier. We're both singling against Coach with, uh, I think it's Maria's something, uh, the two horse in the stakes race yep. and the Saluki, uh, which reminds me of the Salukis. Every time I say it, I just think of Southern Illinois <laughs> basketball. Yep. Um, so I, the, the, yeah, we're singling in the Saluki stakes there with, uh, with the two horse Maria's Princess, I think it is. Yeah, Maria's Princess, second off the layoff, cutting back in distance. Made it easy to kind of create a combo ticket. Taking the swing in the uh, the ninth race, only going two deep with the six and the nine, uh, five to one and nine and twelve to one on the morning line. So if we can get through those two races, we've got a good shot of cashing a pretty decent size ticket. I have uh, been uh, watching the Keeneland Horses of Racing Age sale for the first time ever because I actually had a horse that was in there and literally the hammer just dropped two hundred thousand dollars. So uh, I was I was hoping for one hundred and fifty and we got two hundred back. Um, now, granted, it was a six hundred thousand dollar purchase that my racehorse and Spendthrift Farm did. Um, own, but yeah, that, considering sixty percent of it, fifty percent of it, yeah, fifty, sixty, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So <laughs> no, it was it was pretty cool though. That uh, just kind of watching it and off he goes. And he was a you know I'm a two time dirt stakes winner right as an owner um, at Monmouth and Gulfstream. So it's kind of kind of cool to be able to say that. But listen, we're talking about a track we don't usually talk about in the Magic Mike show. That is Aqueduct, and I gotta hand it to him, Mike. Uh, there might not be a lot of big names in these races, but they really filled the card. And that's why we're happy to go to Aqueduct today. Yeah. I mean, also because Aqueduct was drunk today. I don't know if you want, looked at the actual results from the <laughs> I heard race. about it. Uh, I mean, just it's one thing when you're like, oh, you know, a 20 to one shot one. And it was totally playable. Like the last race, the last race was won by a 16 to one shot. Guess what? I used it in the pick five. Like it made sense. It was speed dropping. Like, yeah, I totally get it. Uh, there was a horse that drew in that had never been in the lead before that was 70, no, 45 to one that made the lead and then didn't quit going really fast. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, nope, 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 never get into that. Um, the AEs dominated, I'm sorry, the MTOs dominated today. You had three off the turf races, one by three MTOs, two of which were completely illogical except for the fact they were MTOs. Uh, we got a pick five, not a pick six, a pick five carryover in tomorrow, $177,000. Pool's gonna get over a million bucks in late pick five at Aqueduct tomorrow. If shit goes completely off the rails on the make it to Saturday, but I highly doubt that's going to happen. Uh, listen, we've got uh, some great uh, horses in the Giopani stakes, which is a three-year-old. There's one horse in particular in the Giopani, which is the seven, uh, second leg of the slate pick five. I'm really excited about it. I've got uh, big dreams about this horse's future, but we'll talk about him in just a little bit. Let's get into the late pick five at Aqueduct on Saturday. Riders up!
breaking news. There's Chad Brown Twitter beef. I don't know anything about this. What did he do today? They're making me go to Twitter. Shadi, you know what? Producer Shadi is going to handle this for us. She'll find the link and post it here in the live chat, and then we'll take care of that. We've got the late pick five at Aqueduct and kicking things off. Mike, it's not race five. Thankfully, it's race six. It is a one and three eighths mile inner turf route, 10 males, three and up, plus an MTO, plus uh, two also eligibles. First level lounge runners, they're going really long on the grass. Where are you going on top? We're not going to talk about the Chad Brown Twitter beef. Um, I put I put the two horse dripping gold on top. Uh, look, <laughs> you know what it is, and you just don't want to talk about it. Yep. Um, okay. This one is, is very very logical. Just I like the fact we're back in the N1X level. Just missed last time out. Lost by a neck. Uh, lost to Dot, who was a horse I was just waiting to win. Eventually, finally got the job done. Shouldn't have any issue with the mile and three eighths distance. Uh, the race two back probably good enough to win this. The race three back probably good enough to win this. Hopefully, Dripping Gold can just not hang in this spot. Um, I think the two is a very, very logical horse, especially when you look at the other competition in here. And that's really was my main reason I, I was honed in on the two. I think the seven is makes sense. I used the seven. So that was my my two horses. The seven constitutional lawyer, also within a neck of fighting to win two back, which is the horse that ran, uh, which is the horse that ran second last time against Dripping Gold, both missed by a neck. Your other main competitors here are the six and the ten and the nine. Around six to the ten and the eight, and I I can rip holes in all of them, and that to me was the main reason I ended up too deep here with the two and the seven because I don't like any of them, and I don't think any of the big time prices had a shot at it. So I I went too deep. I did use the two, but the ten was my top pick. So I'm curious to hear you rip some holes through. I'll tell you why I like uh, why I like him in this spot, and then you can rip me apart. Uh, but we've got Grand Motion Trainee second off of the layoff, and the fact that he went longer two back and had that victory with Manny Franco going mile and eighth. That, to me, was a good sign for him going to mile and three-eighths in this spot. I think he's going to sit a really good stalking trip. Uh, he's shown the good ability to rally, especially in that race two back. And again, second off of the layoff following second straight career buyer, uh, career high buyer figure. So if you scratch off that 79 from when he was gone for six months, it's 80-84, misses some time, then 79-84-87. He's continuing to progress in this spot. And Manny Franco's been aboard for three of those four wins. Seems like he fits this horse well. Now rip him apart. <laughs> it's open company. <clears throat> That's his main issue here with, with and the post. I mean, the 10 draw is not a great spot for him here. He doesn't have the Let's same the whole Oh no, I forgot there. Yeah, they go three turns. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, this is not good because you're gonna you're gonna go right into that first turn pretty quickly. So that 10 post is not great. He doesn't have a ton of speed. So you're gonna have to go all the way back and try and save ground and then be in like the, the fourth path on the rail, essentially, or be two or three wide on that first turn. And then two or three wide on the second turn, then two or three wide on the third turn, and do it against open company, not against state breads, which is what he did yeah. two back. He's going to have to do it against open company. Uh, on top of that, I, I, you know, look, if I was the 10 is, I'm not going to be as mad about you for using the, the six and the eight. I like the, the eight specifically against open company is a problem. Like yeah. it's just a problem. Also, by the way, that horse, three wins at Saratoga, zero wins everywhere else. Saratoga's turf course specifically plays towards some horses. The eight horse is one of those horses. Um, so it, there's there's certain issues I have with the other other competitors. And here, the 10, I, I can get the post is the main issue. The distance shouldn't be a problem. It's not proven, but shouldn't be a problem. Open company, you could make an argument because, like you said, he's improving. But, man, I, there's just too much to overcome for a horse. I think it's going to take some money here. The six is uh... – uh, it's one of those horses that you would look at it and I can't figure out what kind of a trip he's going to get. I mean, two back going this distance, Pratt went gate to wire and that's how he breaks the maiden. It's against open company. But then he tries that again with, with Jose Gomez and maybe it's because he's parked out wide to start. But 
that that trip didn't work. Three back, he came from off the pace to get third. Who leads and is it the six? Is my question. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably probably is the six. But the like the thing is, the time form, the early numbers are so slow. I'm not sure because like you look at the last couple of races, you're talking 150 and then 116, and the horse is off it. Whereas, you know, even the seven horse has more tactical speed than the six does. It's the question of if anyone does it. The race two back specifically where this horse had the lead, that was a six horse field, a small field. Right. And, and so you break from the rail in a six horse field and Pratt sees there's no speed. What's he going to do? <clears throat> he didn't go to the lead. So I don't necessarily trust that the six has that that natural speed that you're looking for. I think the four actually might be some speed here. Curbstone. Um, this is a horse that, that had the lead going 48 over the dirt, uh, made the lead at a mile and 16th going 24 seconds, made the lead over the dirt going 2347 at, at Keeneland. Uh, and, and Castellano he's, can be first time gelding. So it's more aerodynamic. He can yeah, more aerodynamic. <laughs> uh, nothing holding him down. Yeah. It, so I wouldn't be shocked if the four horse is the one that ends up making this lead here. And honestly, like if the four makes the lead, I, you could make a case that that's the long shot you should be using in this spot. And that was the horse that was third for me in this spot. And I, I looked at his races and I couldn't really make a case other than he just gets really brave. And Castellano is the difference maker for him here because that one win came in the slop going a mile and a quarter. And I mean, he just got to the front early and outlasted everybody. He probably was the only horse that want in that race that even wanted to go that far. Um, all right, let's move on. Mike, second leg of the late pick five at Aqueduct on Saturday, November 19th, race seven, the feature event, the Giaponte Stakes. And if you want, Aaron Hultman's thoughts on this. The preview is already locked and loaded at our website, racingdudes.com. Go check that out. Uh, you can get his thoughts. But for Mike and I, Mike, I got a big bold prediction here. The winner of this race is America's best shot at winning the Pegasus World Cup turf in January. Wow. You think 02035 is going to win the Pegasus World Cup in January? GTFO. You're going you're gonna, to, Eric can't sell. Breaking news here on Magic Mike. Magic taking Eric can't sell to win. The uh, the pre turf invitational down there. I should no, be canceled off my own show if I said that. You're talking about the eight steady on. Go ahead, gosh. Oh my gosh, yeah. I almost I almost uh, singled him here. My ticket was thirty dollars, but that with it being singled here. But I really think this is a superstar. If I can put this back up here, I think he's got a superstar potential here. He debuted sprinting, clearly not his game, but the winner that day. Not only gets an 86 for winning, wins next out with a 93 buyer. So a very good horse to be losing to. First time routing goes gate to wire over this course, gets an 83 buyer. Nice progression. The second place finisher in that race, by the way, rallied from seventh. So it wasn't a merry-go-round kind of a race. And then that horse, next time out, broke its maiden with an 86 buyer. So a great horse to be finishing ahead of. Last time out, doesn't need the lead. Let's another horse go off and do it. Just sits back. And it was just like me when I'm fishing in Red Dead Redemption 2. He just cast it out and that easy reel in and the stretch just pulled right in. This horse never was asked for his best in that. I think I read fits this horse even better than Luis Saez. Tell me why he's not just a slam dunk. The progression for this horse has me a little concerned. <laughs> okay, we're, we're not like we went from a maiden special weight and then we tried an N1X allowance at Bapaduck. And now we're trying $135,000 overnight stakes. I realize that there's not a ton carded and that there's there are reasons for that. But we're the not only really other option is Keeneland, and that's way too hard for a horse that just broke its maiden. Well, not if it's going to win the Breeders, the Pegasus Turf Invitational. The Pletcher progression, Mike. Pletcher progression. I, I agree that this is the best horse in the race. 
this is also going to be the most overbet horse in the race. Uh, that two to one is going to look like four to five. Let's just be honest here. So yeah, if anybody can get that overseas, do two to one. Lord yeah. Farquaad, if you're listening, two to one, do it right now. Lock it up uh, because that is not going to be available on race day. Um, there's also quite a bit of speed in here. I'm interested to see how this trip works out because there, there are multiple horses that want to be fourly placed or want the lead. So uh, Riot House specifically breaking the three post is definitely going to go. I think you're probably going to see Churchtown on the rail go. Wicked mm -hmm. fast. I'm sorry. Dakota Gold has some speed out of the six post as well. So the early pace and how it sets up, I think, is going to be really interesting in this spot. Uh, and I think that's going to affect Sturdyon, who's going to want to be close to the pace but not on the lead. I do think probably gets a pretty good trip here if he's able to tuck in there after that first turn. And I read very good at doing that. So, yeah, the eight horse makes a ton of sense here. Um, I use the eight horse. I went three deep, though. I use Grant Sonata, the two horse, who is coming out of a lot tougher races, back-to-back-to-back-to-back uh, -to -back -to -back -to -back rated stakes, face Nation's Pride, Kittadens, uh, Celestial City, Classic Causeway, and wasn't embarrassed in multiple of those races. I'm talking, like, third or fourth, couple lengths back. Like, that. any of those horses I mentioned – would be favored over steady on today. So I'm not going to, not going to, I think Grant Sonata has the back class that you can point to to try and get the job done. Really not that unique of a use there, but the one I do like here is one I am a sucker for, and I'm going to use again an O2035, who I used uh, against before the company three back and ran a very valiant second at 28 to one. And I used in the better talk now and ran a good second at 25 to one. And I'm going to get every bit of that price again here in this spot. And I'm going to get a horse who's going to get a very good trip here in this spot because there is other speed. They're going to go in front. 02305 is going to make the lead at the top of the stretch. And one of these times, this freaking horse is going to hold on. And I'm going to have him because he's 20 to 1 every single time. Uh, you know, he is, uh, his, he's got numbers in his name, 02035. He's actually one of 52. Did you know that? He's one of 52 turf route wins for Union Rags and the 961 sample size. Why do you keep backing this horse? Because this horse is the one. <laughs> it is the one. Oh, boy. And it was a restricted race, too, that he had to do it in. As the but it is the one. Favorite. It is the one. And look, I agree with you on sire stats. When like, But when you have a horse that there are two races, two and three back, that are good enough to beat this field if Stedion does not run back to that last race, right? So I have something on paper I can point to outside of just, hey, the sire sucks going two turns on turf. So I, I understand the argument, but like once you get past four or five races, I don't look at breeding stats nearly as much as I do if they've done something multiple times and been good at doing that something multiple times. So at some point you have to let the actual horse outweigh the stats for a sire. I mean, the fact that he's even eight for 13 on the board on the turf, I mean, he is... He's already like doing a lot of work there for, for like he is carrying the flag for Union Rags on turf. Uh, he's I mean, he's great, great underneath horse in 15 to one if you if you want to do that. Uh, the other horse for me, I did use Dakota Gold, um, a horse that actually they tried putting in the grade three Brian Station at Keeneland, which has a three hundred thousand dollar purse instead of this for one hundred and thirty five. Uh, he didn't have enough earnings in unrestricted races, so he didn't qualify for it. So we showed up here. Remember, this is the horse that unfortunately was forced to be the favorite after modern games got scratched from the betting of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. Uh, not a bad effort that day. None of us thought he should have been favored, but it wasn't his fault. Um, did, you talked about the fact that Ride House is in here and is going to go to the lead. Danny Gargan has said that. He said he is absolutely Ride House. He's sending him. To me, Danny Gargan's going, he is a rabbit for Dakota Gold. It's going to set up for him. On the off chance that I am just, I know this doesn't happen very often on the show, but on the off chance I'm wrong, 
And Steady On isn't actually this big superstar. I think he is. I think Dakota Gold is the best horse for the job here. And Gargan said that he's had no issue coming back from a from a long layoff or from a break like that. My one concern with him, the race two back, the only time he's going a mile on the 16th, he really shouldn't have lost that race to practice squad. I watched the replay twice and I couldn't figure out how he didn't do it. So it was slightly concerning there. And we're losing Irad for Manny Franco. But I do think he's the second best horse. That cost me a hundred dollar pick four. Oh. <laughs> losing that race. Because I oh. had the two-two double right in front of it. And I hit the hit the winner in the last. It wasn't like a wild, like shockingly big. I think it was like a mm -hmm. five to two, three to one, and then this stupid donkey at two to five, and then uh a horse at like two to one. So it wasn't like it was anything crazy, but I had a hundred dollar cold pick four that went down in flames because Dakota Gold hung like a 70-year-old jacket. Um, I was actually a little interested in Wow What a Summer. Wow. Did you look at this one at all? <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm so stunned by what you just said. Uh, who the seven? Wow, what a summer. Mm, not really, but uh, other than the fact that Ortiz was riding, I thought was pretty interesting. And his, you know, dropping out of the Bryan station uh, has a lot of that class. He just wasn't competitive in those races. Yeah, you had the one race, right? The Penn Mile that you point to, where he was 83 to one and got the job done and, and has never really reclaimed that form. But Jose Ortiz picking up the mound is what, what kind of kept making me gravitate back toward him because I can point to one race. There's going to be a pace set up. This horse is going to run into that pace. And you're getting Jose Ortiz at a price. I, I don't think there are there are crazier horses you could use in this spot than Wild Water Summer. Yeah, I think Wild Water Summer has a shot. We'll put it that way. Especially if the course. if the court, the turf course ends up having some given. It's not supposed to get precipitation, but it's supposed to be a high of like 40 degrees. So uh, depending on how the turf course is playing, the soft turf for the Penn Mile, that seems to be uh, what gave him that victory. Let's move on, Mike. The third leg of the late pick five at Aqueducts on Saturday, November 19th, race eight. It's a one-turn dirt mile uh, race, 10 males, three and up, nine winners of two lifetime in for $25,000 tag. Slight drop-off from what we just talked about. And this sure. race, I don't know about you, this screams pace collapse to me. Yeah, um, it could. It, it depends on what the pace is and how it sets up. So I think a couple of these horses, like, my top pick is the three who I don't think will be on the lead, even though the last mm -hmm. time you saw this horse was on the lead. But that was going a mile and eighth. We're cutting back to a mile. Um, I think it sets up well for that horse. But, yeah, I agree with you. There is quite a bit of uh, of early turn of foot here. So you're probably going to see a pretty pretty quick pace. I mean, Jet Speed wants to go. Prince of Joy wants to go. Uh, Cash and a Flash wants to go. Fenway wants to go. So you've got four horses that are all going to be there. It's pretty tough for anyone to – you need three horses to break poorly, right? Or, or really two to even get any type of a slowdown up there. Going back to the three, I almost singled this horse, uh, Abundant Humor. To me, this is one of those plays where you got a really nice race at Gulfstream Park going a mile and a 16th. They bring this horse back at a mile and eight, doesn't run very well, drop from the maiden special weight level down to maiden claiming 40, and the horse wins for absolute fun. Then comes back and steps into $50,000 optional at a mile and an eighth. We already know the horse doesn't want a mile and an eighth. 50000 is probably too much for it if you're winning a 40000 maiden claimer. Guess what? Now we're going one turn against 25K horses. This horse is properly placed. Like, this is what this horse should be doing. I think three to one is kind of generous on this horse, which is, which is shocking, especially as you mentioned, he's going to have a ton of pace to run into, and it's not going to be an issue getting this mile. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my topic as well here, and I, you go back to that race, two back. That, that is exactly how you win this race is uh, uh, when you just sat off and then just stalked and pounced. Um, we each, so we each went too deep. We each almost singled the three. Uh, I ended up going with the eight salute to America as my second choice. And uh, the horse broke the maiden over this course and distance while protected. It was against uh, four of those horses were turf horses and three were MTO. So it was kind of a mix of who he was facing. 
But a similar trip to what we just talked about with Abundant Honor, I, you know, that kind of a trip here with improvement uh, from a speed figure standpoint can get the job done. You're dropping in for a tag for the very first time. You're adding blinkers to this horse. It's going to be second off of the layoff. So you should see some uh, definite improvement. And, uh, you know, Morley's got the great stats, 21% off a similar layoff here. Eight to one is a good price for it. But I also, Mike, was trying to find a horse in case the three just didn't fire who I thought could pick up the pieces. Yeah, I think the eight, eight makes sense for all the reasons you said. That drop especially is a big part of it. Um, second off the long layoff, a big part of it. So you you have a lot of logical reasons to think the eight can take a step forward. This is my my third horse in, and I went too deep. So like I don't I don't hate the use on the eight here at all. Um, and if you want to spend a little bit more, I think we're both sixty bucks. I, the eight's one that I would I would include on a ticket if you want to spend a little bit more than what I'm doing here. Uh, Mister Candy Ride the four I think is the other one for me here. And this is again we mentioned the pace. This horse is going to have a ton of pace to chase. Uh, it has been successful at a mile, one for seven at the distance, also has a second. But again, I feel like this is we're just at the right type of level here. When you're when you're at this twenty five thousand dollar level, you're going to see pretty good efforts from it. I'm willing to draw a line through really three of the last four efforts because they were over wet tracks. And like you have a nice second, but that was a mile sixteenth. The two at a mile, they were both over wet tracks. It's not necessarily what this horse wants to do. It's been better over a fast track. We should get that. And guess what? You pick up Irad Ortiz for second off a long layoff late in the five-year-old season for Mike Maker, who clicks off at 24% with a $2.55 ROI in this spot. The stats mean tell me that this horse is going to run a better race here. The pace it has, you have the pace to chase in front of it, and you should get the right track to set up for the horse. And oh, by the way, you get Irad too. So give me the three, four, and we're just going to move along. You know, it's funny. This was my third horse here too. I uh, <laughs> I, I like this horse a lot. It's a second off the long layoff and second time Maker. I read picking up all good angles there. Uh, let's move on, Mike. The penultimate leg of the late pick five at Aqueduct on Saturday, November 19th. Race nine on the card. We've got it's a six furlong outer turf sprint for 12 New York bred Phillies and mares, three and up, plus three also eligibles, plus an MTO. First level at the state bred allowance level. Where are you going on top? Oh, I went with the uh, I went with the three horse on top here. Shikako, Shiko, Shigo, Shigo. Sure. Yeah. Shiko, Shikiko, Shikiko. Uh, I'm going to go Shikiko. Uh, I went with the three horse on top for Christophe Clement and Joe Albansario. Uh, this is just a spot where the horse is dropping down a little bit. Face back-to-back stakes races, one of them for half a million, other for 150000 Now we're getting a little bit of a break, and we come back here. Um, this race sets up very well. You get first-time Lasix, which I like. Clement's pretty good off the layoff. You get Rosario, his top jock up. Barry Schwartz, one of his top owners. Uh, it's kind of all systems go here for the three. There's also enough pace in here. I think it's going to set up pretty well for the three horse. Um, it, so I just, in what I think is a tough race, I'm going to end up with the three horse on top. This might bite me in the ass. I'm not using the three. Um, I really, the that last race, the New York Stallion Stakes, that horse that won it was making its seventh career start and was a maiden, and that was its first time above the maiden special weight ranks. Uh, I didn't love that there was a maiden that came, uh, an 0 for 6 maiden comes in in its seventh start and wins a stakes race. And this horse, not anywhere competitive, just like in its other turf start, wasn't really competitive. Uh, the horse broke its maiden in the slop against off turf horses. I think dirt or something along those lines might be better for it. My top pick, I'm going with a six. But Patria? Patria. I picked one. I don't know how to say either. Uh, this horse, Mike, I think this is lone speed and it's New York turf and it's Kendrick Carmouche. I mean, the, the, you know he's going to go. Carmouche is having a great start to the meet 10 for 47. Uh, the horse has only made one turf start or only made it onto the turf for one start. Uh, went right to the lead, set a good pace, and then just got caught late in the wire. 
and you notice before that and then after that, they kept trying to put the horse on turf. It wasn't working. We're finally going to catch, a, for sure, a firm turf, which the horse hasn't had before. And with it being lone speed on paper with Carmouche aboard, uh, I think this horse is gone. I don't hate it. My third pick in this spot. I do think the seven Serenade Soldier is going to go to, um, specifically with uh, Jose Gomez aboard. That mm-hmm. generally is a, a tip of the hat that we're going to send with it. Bustin' Bullet, the eight, also has some speed. Shigiko? Shy Gecko? I like Shy Gecko the most. The, uh, the, the, the doctor pronunciation and... And the, the actual pronunciation. So Shy yeah, Gecko, sure. my top pick. I'm the three horse gonna... here. Um, I think you'll see some speed out of the six, the seven, and the eight in this spot. I, I don't dislike using the six here. I, I think this is actually a pretty tough race. One thing I do not like is the nine horse master of tunes, who's your favorite here. I don't know if you use this horse or not, so sorry for nope. shitting all over your horse. Um, but I don't understand why this horse was four to one. Made no sense to me. This is That's one of those where I'm like, no, no, don't even like it. In fact, I looked at this race so long. At one point, I thought it was a two-turn race because that's the only way the master of tunes should be four to one. Um, so... Yeah, don't use a nine. Uh, so, yeah, I, I ended up just 3-5 here. I had a 5-4 smoking hot kitty, Rice and Lascano. Somehow Linda Rice still training in New York and still beating me just like she did today. Um, it, this horse, the last race was two turns. Just kind of left something to be desired. You go back to the two-turf sprints, breaks the maiden, going five and a half at Saratoga, comes back, an allowance, $50,000 allowance. I thought ran really well uh, in, in a decently difficult race. Uh, that was open company, then comes back and, like I said, goes two turns, but that's open company claiming. Now we're jumping up to the uh, state bred allowance level. I think this race sets up well for a horse that seems to have tactical speed, but still has a kick, closing kick. I think the six furlong is going to be good for this horse versus five and a half, which is what we were running at Saratoga. Uh, Liscano and, and Rice somehow are still winning races in New York pretty consistently, one, two today. Uh, so I, I'm going to go three, five and hope I can get through here and catch a price. Uh, if I was my second horse up, I, I uh, love this horse in this position. If the six doesn't hold on for a speed, I think this is horse is going to be smoking. Uh, no pun intended with the horse's name. Uh, in the stretch, because you're cutting back from two turns when the horse was showing the kick, and that should be really sharp. Uh, hope. I did use one more horse. I went with the 12, tis a pity here, uh, at three to one. Um, boy, I, I, I was trying to play against her, but she's second off the layoff. It's Clement, who's a good turf sprint trainer. And then I watched the race last out at this exact level and over the same course and distance. The trip notes don't say it. She had a legitimate excuse to use. She was crowded and stuck behind a wall until the eighth pole. And then when that was when Dylan Davis was trying to press go and she'd been trying the whole stretch to go. And you can see she just didn't really have that same kick that she had shown two and three back. So I think that second off the layoff in this spot, uh, you know, three to one, I wish I get a better price on her, but uh man if she doesn't get stuck too wide that's going to be the one thing because dylan davis got stuck inside a little bit last time and he's like hey i'm on the outside and tries to go through the parking lot that's not gonna work this horse has the what's his name tis a pity yeah god that that horse has the the post position draw curse uh last four races broken out of the eight out of ten ten out of twelve one out of nine twelve out of twelve really not wonderful posts now we're breaking out of the 12 out of 12 uh the only thing that's a pity about this is you're picking this horse because they're anticipating not gonna be able to get the job done from all the way on the outside i actually love this horse because that race you mentioned was won by jose gomez and road to remember which won me a friday tournament on uh, horse journey so i was very happy when road to remember there scored it i think it was 18 to 1 or 16 to 1 one of the other two in that race so uh quite happy about that i the post position is just a train wreck for me here, but has the talent to win the race. But the fact that Davis is here and Rosario is, is on the three tells me which Clement is better. And I'm going to go with Rosario versus uh, going with the 12 post. If you do not agree with this, you're cursed. 
That's what Mike was referencing in case you missed it. Fifth and final leg of the late pick five at Aqueduct on Saturday, November 19th, race 10. Back on the dirt, six furlong sprint, 11 maiden, two-year-old New York bred Phillies in for $40,000 tags. Two of these are first-time starters. The rest, oof. Um, there is one horse in this entire field, Mike, that has ever passed, or I'm sorry, has ever gained on the leader from the first point of call to the finish. The rest of these horses have all started in one spot and thrown in the anchor every single dirt start. How do you pick a winner from that? Easy. You pick the only horse that made the lead against better. <laughs> Give me the five. <laughs> Mommy Joe Dreams. Uh <laughs> Cancel got this horse in the lead against $77,000 Maiden Special Weight Company last time out. Yeah, quit really bad after getting the lead. But you know what? Got there. This field, not very good. I'm going to take the horse that I think can get out front. Showed speed against better. Now we're facing the Maiden claiming level. Give me the five horse. Mommy, Mo, Mommy Joe Dreams. Mommy Joe Dreams? Mommy Joe Dreams? Mommy Joe Dreams? Mommy Joe Dreams? Anyway, give me the five on top uh, for Eric Cancel. Uh, I also like the one horse, Rudy Rod. When he has a, a first-time starter that he thinks is going to show speed, he puts Jose Gomez aboard. There's not a ton of speed in here for, for this many horses that are young. Like Generally, you're going to see horses that go out. Eh, there's not one that's that fast. So give me Silver Eagle on the rail as well. Uh, Central Banker, generally, you know, not a bad New York sire. You got Freud in the bottom uh, of the, the Philly. Uh, the mayor is by Freud. So I'm sorry, the dam is by Freud. So I like the combination there. Rudy Rod, 13%. But the workout two back, minute and two, uh, two of 44 over the Belmont training track out of the gate. Pretty good for a two-year-old. And Jose Gomez is going to try and send from the rail. So we can bake, break clean. Uh, I, I like the one Silver Eagle and then the five Ma Me Joe Dreams. Uh, Shadi brings up a great point. Let's all say a prayer for Chris Griffin, friend of the show, uh, friend of the program. You've got Maggie. You've got Mommy Joe Dreams. You've got Maddie's Grace. You've got Maggie T. Like, and that's only four of the 11 horses. <laughs> that's rough. I, that's rough. That is tough too. You have a Silver Eagle, Super Slide, and Sonya Snips too. Like there's there's multiple ones in here that are kind of quirky. Katie Cakes, like that's another one where you yep. look at it and you know they, it's hard to immediately just pronounce it. But announcing race is an extremely difficult thing to do, especially when people screw with you. Uh, uh listen, I did like the uh, um, the one horse in here, the Rudy Rod. I used both of the first time starters largely because I was like they haven't. Uh, to coin a frame from Dan Wade, they haven't they haven't shit the bed yet. So <laughs> you haven't seen them be really disappointing and throwing the anchor. And you brought up a great point about Rudy Rod using Jose Gomez. I used the other Rudy Rod as well. Uh, we both did the nine Maddie's Grace uh, six to one. I like the fact that we got Irad attracted to ride on debut. Bet decently enough in both of the starts. Uh, the place horse in the debut won next out. Um, she was uh, this horse Maddie's Grace was seven lengths clear of fourth place. It was a very strung out field. Uh, it looks like something went wrong during the second race because she threw in the anchor halfway and we haven't seen her for three months. Drops in for a tag for the first time, but you got Rudy Rod, you got T-Mac 20% together at Aqueduct. So uh, did I miss any reason about why you like the nine? No, I mean, look, when you're in this spot, you got to find droppers if you don't like the first time starters. And I think the nine Maddie's Grace is a completely realistic dropper. She has shown speed against better. Maybe seven furlongs was too much. Also faced a really good horse. I mean, Gambling Gal, really good horse there that, that last time out. So they, there's multiple reasons or multiple excuses you can give. It's a lot easier company here. I agree with you on Katie Cakes as well. Ten horse, the other first time starter in the field. I think you kind of have to use the unknowns when the knowns suck. So you know, if we got two unknowns and the one in the ten, let's throw them on the ticket. I was a little interested in one other horse. That's the seven in good trouble. Uh, Gregory De Palma here. 
It's a sharp Azteca. Uh, you know that we've, we've talked about sharp Azteca and how well these horses have done. Debuted on dirt and showed speed going seven. It is tough. Actually came out of that same gambling girl race. It's tough to win on debut going seven, no matter what you're doing, let alone breaking from the two posts of Saratoga and trying to do it. Then heads over to the turf and look at that running line. Ninth, four lengths back. Ninth, 10 lengths back. And then closes in and loses by three lengths. Showed some talent there, at least, right? Showed some ability to pass a horse. Little funky trip in the middle. And then they stretch this out, horse out of mile 16th on turf. Now we're dropping back. We're dirt sprinting what we originally were doing. And we're dropping in class doing it. You're getting 10 to 1. Dylan Davis, not a bad jock. This is one of those where if I'm going to take a shot on a horse that's run, I can at least create a, a narrative around why the 7 is going to significantly outrun those 10 to 1 odds. And I'm the more I, I almost uh, if I had still singled uh, the Pletcher horse that I love um, in the in the stakes race, uh, I was going to hit the all button here because I did like the seven here. And then, you know, eventually I started unraveling and, and making cases for other ones. But I did think this one based off the exact case you made to, of that race two back. Uh, I think the horse fits here. You're adding the blinkers and you like to see that not only we're dropping class, but we're trying to uh, get the horse to focus as well. So. It seems like a good use here at 10 to 1. I'm trying to do the math on this, which never works out well uh, on the show. But I'm going to see if I can figure that out and what that ticket would cost if I went all here. Uh, until then, uh, my top pick, he actually didn't use. It's the three super slide uh, Jabal Rosario riding for Charlie Baker. Uh, Charlie Baker got Jose Ortiz to ride this horse on debut at Saratoga Maiden Special Weight. Uh, the horse ends up dropping in for a tag here for the first time. The blinkers are going to come back off after. I don't know if that was the reason the horse completely threw in the towel last time out or not, but uh, we take the blinkers back off. Sounds like that. Oop, do we want to do that? Rosario gets on this horse after seeing what happened there in that spot. And Rosario's 24% with a 238 ROI when he rides for Charlie Baker. I think that she's sneaky here. Why didn't you use her? Oh, because I was already too deep and I don't really like, like, I, I didn't, I didn't like either of those races. Uh, like the first one you can make a case was okay. The second one was atrocious. Um, and there's just not much to point to outside of that. Now the Rosario factor, obviously a positive, And like you said, attracted Jose Ortiz in the first race. But for me, I just, I don't, I don't like playing Rosario. I don't like playing Irad with horses and races like this that I think suck that are going to be over bet because of who's riding them. Right. Um, and, and this is one of those spots where you, you look up and down the board and, and Rosario is the best jockey in this by like a mile. Right. It's not even close. And so you're going to take Rosario money no matter what happens here. And I just don't yeah. I'm not sure that he makes enough of a difference on this horse to be able to get the job done for the price you end up getting for the horse. Also, your ticket would cost sixty six dollars if you single it hit the all button. Uh, yeah, I did the math. Thank you. I had figured that out. It was $66 on that one. So uh, the last horse that I used in here, the number 11 Maggie T at 10 to 1. And this is the only horse in the entire field with the single dirt race where she gained ground on the leader from start to finish. None of these horses like to pass uh, other than possibly the seven uh, past horses in debut to get second in 50K open claimer at Saratoga. Had a brief thrill last time out at this level going longer, <laughs> maybe cutting back might sharpen her up a little bit. Jalen Samuel's still aboard, but I understand if the post 11, if that's what turns you off with this horse. Yeah. yeah I mean that and the 39 buyer, I mean, that race was atrocious. <laughs> She's <laughs> too, she can take a step up. She did take a step up. It's like 10 a points. Another 10 point improvement is 49 and a 49 absolutely wins this race. So I, I don't know, man, like this, this one is one of those where I'm just like, ah, yeah, I get it. I think like, I understand you have, you pass someone, you have a second on the court, like on, uh, over the, 
at this level. Like I understand. She had the I lead at the top of the stretch for a second. It was kind of exciting if you'd better until it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't really, it wasn't exciting very long. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. Um, yeah, that was, that was a very, very short, uh, it's a very short burst of excitement. Uh, I would not use Maggie T here out of the 11 post. Uh, it's just to me that the post position and the price, like, give me like 30 to one here. And maybe you can get me a little more interested, but at, at 10 to one, I just, I would rather take shots at the unknowns, like the one in the 10 here than play a, a terrible horse just because they ran second last time. Mike, they're all terrible horse. Other than the one in the 10. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. <laughs> we don't know yet. The rest of them terrible. The five could be good too. Mommy Joe dreams could be good against this level of bad. <laughs> That's going to do it for some of the magic Mike show. Thanks for joining us for Aqueduct Saturday. This is fun, Mike. Like I said, there's big fields and not names, especially because I don't follow this circuit very well. Um, so I didn't recognize a lot of these names, but it was fun to handicap. And again, big fields at Aqueduct and some of these races, if you got opinions, take swings because eh, those, those last two races, especially. Yeah, they look most fun about horse racing, talking horses with your friends. That is the best part about it. And so no matter where we're going, we're going to have a good time with it because I get to talk horse racing with my friend, man. Well, the most fun is cashing the tickets. Second most fun is talking fair. about horse racing. That's, That's fair. fair. I, the I mean, I love talking. Definitely second to the money. <laughs> I love doing the show with you twice a week. But if I could cash every single ticket, I bet I wouldn't do this. <laughs> Sorry. I would just do I that instead. Doing the show probably wouldn't be your favorite thing of the week either if you were cashing every single ticket you bet. <laughs> Uh, down below, if you're watching on YouTube, we've got our tickets, but uh, we'll go ahead and give them out one last time for the audio listeners. I'll start. I'm going to go 210 with 68 with 38 with 5612 with 139, 1011. That's $60. Mike, you're also $60. Similar structure. Yeah, I'm going to go 27 with 248 with 34 with 35 with 157910. I'll cost you 60 bucks for 50 cents. Uh, shot, he says the third most fun is horse racing Twitter. Uh, it is something no. right now. I'll just, <laughs> I, I'm glad I'm not looking at it. Uh, oh, and Shadi, producer Shadi coming through also. She says it's pronounced Shageko. Incorrect. It's Shy Gecko. <laughs> Shy Gecko. It is now and forever Shy Gecko. Or I second uh, honorable mention, Shikaka. I'm always a fan of uh, something <laughs> along those lines. John Jackson put this uh, comment in the chat a few minutes ago. Wanted to say thank you very much. Uh, John, I've seen you commenting on our YouTube channel a lot, so we appreciate it. And everybody, if you can, go to youtube.com slash racing dude. Subscribe if you haven't yet. We're trying to get to 8,000 subscribers uh, by Malibu Day on the 26th. We're less than 100 away. So if you can help us get there, it'd be really awesome. It's a big goal I've had. It's a weird goal, but listen, I don't have much in life. We've already talked about that here. He just gets to talk to me twice a week and edit videos. That's all magic does. And then harass my poor wife and child the rest of the time. <laughs> They're like, no, don't you have work to do? Yeah, go, go away for a while. Should we talk about you as a woman magic or do you want to leave that one alone? I mean, we can bring it up. I have this. Listen, there's, this has been done twice where we've been put through all of the racing dudes. The male uh, members of the racing dudes team have been put through some sort of a filter uh, to make you look like a woman. It's been done twice in the last year. Both times I was by far the hottest one of us. And I have no apologies for that. Yeah. I would be a great friend both times, by the way. I just, and, and also the reaction from certain members very different in the two times. We're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit there. Little uh, bit. <laughs> I did love the uh, – I have no idea who commented on it or where it came up, but whoever was posed as Kathy Kellerwood's fitness instructor training up for her OnlyFans debut, like that's a special kind of inside – 
baseball, you had to know. So I was trying to figure out who actually, who was that that did that? I <laughs> uh, wasn't sure. I, I will say, uh, poor Vinny. Vinny got done rotten on his birthday. You don't yeah, that was, was kind of not cool, but like, yeah, that was kind of not cool. Magic as a woman would not bully you. Now, I can't speak about magic as a, as a teenage woman. She was probably a gigantic bitch. You're right. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, magic's, magic's not a bully. He, he could probably be a bully if he wanted to. Got the proper bully makeup, but he he, he is not a bully. You're like six. Thanks. You're what you're, you're oh. really big. And you'd like, you, you know, you could definitely pull off the bully thing if you really wanted to. I could, I, I guess. Yeah. Hey, all right, let's get out of here. Uh, <laughs> uh, make sure if you missed it, it uh, go to check out Blinkers Off. Uh, Mike was on with Jared earlier and they handicapped Churchill Downs this Saturday, late pick five. So if you're looking to play Churchill Downs, we got you covered there as well. Uh, don't forget also the Racing Dudes Rocket Picks have a free pick four on the website uh, most days of the week. And you can also check out the Samo Bombs. Uh, Mike, what tracks are you covering right now for the Samo Bombs? I know that uh, Del Mar is back, so they're going to be in the mix. Yeah, it's Del Mar, Aqueduct, and Churchill rotating between the days, depending on which tracks I like the most. Generally looking at all three cards and then kind of picking two out of the three to play. Tomorrow's going to be a big Aqueduct day because we have a pick five carryover tomorrow at Aqueduct. $177,000 in the late pick five. Well, that's going to go over a million in tomorrow's late pick five. So that's going to be a big one to play. Um, right now, the plan for tomorrow is Aqueduct and Del Mar. And the plan for uh, Saturday is Aqueduct and Churchill because I like those cards a little more. Maybe I'll throw a Del Mar grid or something out there as well. Uh, but you can definitely check that out over at RacingDudes.com and uh, on Twitter there as well. Perfect. And there you go. We've got uh, Fairgrounds kicks off their uh, meet on Friday. So we've got preview for the Happy Ticket, which is the feature. Um, I was going to say we should do fairgrounds, and then I saw what their turf course looks like right now. We're going to wait and see what happens to that turf course for a couple of weeks. Because if you didn't see it, it made Churchill's turf course look like Arlington. And this sucks, man, because I want to give love to fairgrounds for what they did from a, a takeout perspective, dropping down to 15% on their pick fives from a pick six perspective, moving from a 20 cent jackpot to a $1, 15% takeout on the pick six. So making some really good decisions for the betters. And then unfortunately, the turf course turns off like this, which which is going to limit the field size. I know some people were saying you could run between eight and 10 horse fields on the outside, but you don't know how long that's going to actually stay there. And then your rails out every single day. Just a lot of a lot of tough spots to, to be in from a fairgrounds perspective. But kudos to them for what they did from a pick five and pick six perspective. It's too bad the lawn uh, looks worse than Churchill's, to be honest. It was, oh my gosh, it was so bad to look at. But yeah, seriously, let's hope that that gets better. Uh, supposedly, it's already people who've been there. Sheree DeVoe, a trainer that we love to use on the Magic Mike Show. Um, she said that it's already improved a lot in the, in the two weeks that she's been down there. So fingers crossed it gets there and we can start covering fairgrounds a bit more on the Magic Mike Show. Uh, so close to 8,000 subscriptions. Like the video before you leave. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash racing dudes. Uh, make sure you also are following Mike and I on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kellogg. He is at Samobomb18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. Mike, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. Uh, I guess Thursday night football, Packers and, and Titans. Uh, I like the Titans. If you can get the three and a half, I like Derrick Henry over 22 and a half carries for the game, like the under in the first half, under 20. It uh, should be an interesting game. I, it's, uh, our Titans bet is not looking good because of how bad the teams that they have played are because they are still not good, but they're 6-3. and three. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, the, the, the Giants one's already cashed, so we can, uh, we were, we're already playing with house money here if we can get this Titans loss somehow. They did? I thought they Titans didn't. I thought, two, my man. I thought they were off last week. Was it two weeks ago they were off? Two weeks ago. They won at home last week. They're 7-2. and two. That's already cashed. 
Oh, sweet. <laughs> awesome. And, oh, and they've got the Lions, so they probably are just like on sleep mode right now. One game back in the Division Two. If the Eagles somehow mess this up, they are they they're they're kind of live. <laughs> that that will more than make up for the uh, for for the Titans somehow being good at a bad level, like the horses we talked about in the last hit. Aqua Doc, thanks so much for watching. Uh, until next time, I'm Magic, and I'm Mike. Good luck this weekend, everybody. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.